Welcome, folks, to another episode of Who's Ghost Stories. As you can tell, we are no longer back to school. We are in our professional get-ups. That has nothing to do with what we're talking about, though. <laughs> uh, this isn't a special stretch, but it is a little special if you think about it. We're going to have a few episodes for you guys here, and then we're hoping to do some back-to-back-to-back traveling through Ohio before next month we finally get to do one of my big spots at the Dunkirk Lighthouse. Uh, we might also film maybe like a little like small like travel vlog thing around there, but October 29th we will be out at Dunkirk Lighthouse. Um, we don't know how the episode breakdown is going to go. Like I don't know. Originally the Ohio episodes were going to be like our season finale, and then finally Dunkirk and a couple of other places finally started talking to me. Um, so that might still be the case. So there might be a gap between those and Dunkirk. There might be one after the other. And then Dunkirk will be out there for about four hours. So it could be like a four-part special. It could be one super long run. It could be like eight, depending on what happens out there. So You might get an evidence supercut. You yeah. don't know. It, we may <laughs> have enough episodes just roll till we decide to start filming again next year. So <laughs> you never know. No, because truly we don't know until we get out there. So exactly. Right. And that's going to be... A big one. We're going to have some extra new equipment out there, so if we have that around the oh, time yeah. for the Ohio episodes... We might we'll, bust it out a little early. We'll let you know, and you'll get to see some cool stuff. Um, but, before I forget the introductions like I did in Choco Taco... <laughs> oh, man. Choco Taco. Previously, it was the death of the Choco Taco. <laughs> death of the Choco Taco. Man, Joe's here. <laughs> um, Coming to a gentleman's club near you. So now it, it, it's Queen Elizabeth is our yeah. is our Queen Elizabeth the second our current topics which may not be as current for everyone watching at home. Yeah. <laughs> Moment of silence <coughs> for our dear friend Queen Elizabeth who we never met. Silence. All right. So back to where we were. I am medium and reiki master Andrew Huzar of Huzar Reiki and Readings. We've got research expert Sean, followed by Mr. Plus himself, the LeBron James of education, Professor Alex Wheaton the first. All-star crew here. Um, as always, check out our sponsors, uh, Spirit Magica, for all your crystal needs. Guess what, folks? Football just started. I mean, it's time to get gambling. There's some lucky crystals out there. Uh, if you buy them now, they'll be here by the Super Bowl. So, just in time for your biggest bets of the season, go ahead and get those orders in. Uh, remember, use the link in the description. I always say bio, but that is wrong. Uh, link in the description, and then use code. Use code. Now, Sean's got me death I, of uh, I, I Taco Caco over here. Joe's here. <laughs> Use coupon code WHOSAR11 to save yourself a little money as well. So treat yourself nice. And then, of course, you can go ahead and go over to Pet Creations Art. Get yourself a beautiful custom art piece of whatever pet or person you want. Living pet, dead pet, demonic pet, whatever you want. They'll do it. They have no rules. Asterisk, they might have some rules. I don't I don't know terms yeah, may we, apply. We don't know, but yeah. They didn't tell me any of the rules. I'm gonna say no rules, but you know, it could be some rules in there. Today is a little special episode for us. 
Um, we are doing our first redux as we are looking at the Buffalo Central Terminal again. Um, so last episode that we did Buffalo Terminal, we talked about how much we wanted to go there and that we we're going to keep an eye on their ghost tours. Turns out they don't offer them anymore. Yeah. Broke our hearts because um, we <coughs> had a lot of questions about it. Luckily, though, very, very luckily, Buffalo native Chris, an absolute legend of a person, reached out to us after that video and said he could fill in the blanks. Yep. Um, he was part of the cleanup and work crews when restorations first started, and he was there for a very long time, um, worked all over the terminal, did pretty much everything there. And so he was able to fill in a lot of the gaps we had, answer a lot of the questions we had, and we thought it was fitting to do this follow-up episode, since we're never going to be able to actually go there to do any ghost hunting or anything, at least to do this, and it'll kind of be like we're pseudo there, and we at least get our answers to questions. I'm supposed to say questions answered, answer. but I said answers first, so I had to quickly uh, All works. pivot. So... I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to get us started off here. We do have some breaks that we will be able to talk about and analyze some things because um, all of this info, pretty much we didn't know. Yeah. So this All is, brand new to us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This is one of the few things we didn't even know either. So the first correction I want to make about the last video has to do with the buildings themselves. We used some different news reports to talk about how a rogue paranormal investigator was trespassing and fell through the roof of the terminal. Ended up going to the hospital. She made a recovery. However, that is only half correct. There was a woman trespassing, and she did fall through a roof, but it wasn't the terminal's roof. She actually fell through the roof of the Railway Express building. That's... So... I'll put some pictures up here, but when you look at the pictures you'll, of the Buffalo Central Terminal, you can see that it is very well kept. Um, and I gave them pictures too so they can kind of see as I'm talking if they need to. But the tall, famous building is the terminal. That's what is being restored and that's what's being worked on. Um, and that's what's in pretty good shape, despite everything it's been through. The other buildings have been basically left open to nature and nature's just taking their course with them. Um, and you can kind of see in some pictures, I think there was one of a building circled. This one here. So that's the actual building she fell through. The terminal is like up over here. That that moss, that's on the roof. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. So that's what she fell through, and she wasn't a small woman either. So she was a large woman that climbed up onto this rotted out, rusted out tin roof and she fell through. Um, so she shouldn't have been there, obviously. We're glad she's okay. But it did... It Everything we read made it sound like she fell through the terminal roof or like a building attached to the terminal. And that's not true. Uh, the terminal itself is in pretty good shape. Those buildings are not, and they're actually owned by the city of Buffalo. <coughs> it's not even owned by the Restoration Corp. So as those buildings just deteriorate more and more, that's on the city not her. So that is one thing that I did at least want to correct because um, the reports made it sound like and then so did we that she went through the buffalo roof 
She did not. She went through a separate building's roof that was just on the property. So, I do have a question. I might have an answer. It, just in relation to uh, geography and yeah. based off of this. So, I my question is wondering... Um, so, you said the terminal building that is... The Buffalo Terminal is being restored. Yeah. The tall building. Yeah. And so, the city owns these other buildings. So, were they all part of the original Buffalo Terminal? Or were they... What were they? Yeah, they were part of it. They all had, like, different functions, like, um... But they weren't the primary building right. where activity was typically seen or felt, correct? Right. Yeah. Some of them were, like, um, platforms, from what it sounds like, um, things like that, like auxiliary buildings yeah. that were a part of it, but they weren't the actual terminal. Okay. And so then, I guess the second question is, was there only ever activity in the large main building that's been well-kept, or was there activity... In some of the other buildings, as far as I know, and from every from what I've heard, it sounds like just the terminal itself. But if those buildings are as bad as they are, I also don't know if anyone's went through them. Yeah. Because um, that that building too actually closed and stopped servicing before the terminal did. So okay. the workers so. even exited <laughs> that building before the terminal even stopped being a train station. Hmm. Those side buildings were the first things to go when they were like, "We got to start saving some money." cut those buildings out and one thing you'll kind of notice too there's another picture of another building it's not the same one so this long stretch here yeah that's another side building and all the windows are just busted out but they're not boarded up yeah that's how that building is too so the city of buffalo they own it they didn't even really like secure it at all so nature's just literally yeah. growing through it like that house that we used to have next door <laughs> with the tree going yeah, through the tree yeah. through it yeah <coughs> So there's not even any real precautions to s try to salvage it, and that's what she fell through, because that's the building she decided to try to break into. And the way everything sounds, it only talks about the terminal, so yeah. it sounds like all one giant thing when they're not even, it's just a building on the property. It's the difference between the terminal being the main building versus the terminal being the whole area. Hmm. And we'll get into some crazy things that they did to the terminal itself, too. But yeah, so that's the first correction I wanted to talk about that um, a lot of things get wrong about. Anything you want to throw in there real quick, Sean, or questions? No. No. Alright, then. So before jumping into the juicy ghost bits, I want to focus on a bit more of the history. From what we understood, it sounded like the station was abruptly abandoned completely sometime after World War II, but that's not the full story. When the terminal opened in 1929, it was THE terminal. It was elite, for lack of a better word. Two very important factors helped build its importance. The first was the fact that it was the central location between Chicago and New York City. Uh, if you wanted to travel between those two cities, then this was the station to use and you would pass through if you were on the train. The second factor is that the terminal already had tracks going from east to west. Uh, at the time, most train stations had tracks running north and south. Uh, when a train had to go east or west, they would need to unload the train, turn the tracks, and then reload the train. This caused massive delays, and since the terminal already had tracks going east to west, excuse me, those delays were cut out. 
Of course, the beauty of the terminal itself, the size, and the many different shops inside made it a destination as well. Since there were no malls at the time, people would head to the terminal for shopping, eating, haircuts, and other needs. World War II was the peak of its operations since it was the main place soldiers left for war. Around this time, the terminal was averaging about 500 trains a day passing through. Post-World War II is when things started to decline. While other forms of travel such as airplanes and cars being improved, those became more popular. Business at the Buffalo Central Terminal was declining, which slowly led to layoffs and department con con wow. consolidation. <laughs> it did. Um, business declined so much that the terminal was put up for sale for $1 million, despite costing $14 million to build. Train ridership continued to decline, and by the late 50s or early 60s, they actually walled up a good portion of the main concourse. They basically created a small station within the terminal because they were using so little of it. By the 1970s, the tower had become mostly abandoned, and only about 4 out of the 15 floors were being used. The terminal was only seeing about 2-4 to four trains per day at this time, a far cry from the 500 in its heyday. On October 28, 1979, the terminal saw its last train because it was too big to only be handling a handful of, tra of trains. Amtrak was paying $150,000 per year to heat the place, which that's really not worth it. So I think the craziest thing to me, and obviously no one paid, bought it for a million dollars, but like it was built for $14 million, and they were just trying to get a million for it. Because yeah, of you cut down. your losses, yeah, right. and and no one even bought it. Still, they no because they saw what was happening. And when you add in like the facts, like the planes and cars and throughways being say, improved, it, yeah, when we yeah, once you hit the late seventies, early eighties, trains are an afterthought. They're they're more along the lines of something that you do as kind of like a, a special trip. Like mm -hmm. make it a special occasion. Special trip. Or you even weren't you the, weren't using a train to travel. That or your budget. Right. Continental travel. It wasn't like it was not like it was in the heyday. Yeah. No, a plane can cut it in half, if not more. Mm -hmm. More than. Half. Yeah. So if you're just trying to get from like New York City to Chicago, you can take a train, but it's going to take you possibly twelve hours, maybe more. Yeah. I. Mm -hmm. And a, a plane. Where are you going? Stops. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, the other thing, and I don't know why we didn't think of it at the time, but, uh, yeah, the, the automobile saw a boom in post-World War II. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, up until World War II, cars were not commonplace. Like, yeah, there were cars, but not every family had them. It was really after World War II where the nuclear family kind of came out, you know, the, you have the wife at home, the 2.5 children, the white picket fence, and you have a car. Car in every garage. Exactly. The streets started to get paved. And so, yeah, as we made advancements, trains just became less and less used. And I, rem I don't remember us talking about it being 14 stories or 14 floors when we first talked about it. That really puts a whole different perspective because when we talk about businesses closing and everything, you can see why it costs so much money. Like, you have floors upon floors for what is essentially an early mall. Yeah, it's you like our Boston store. Yeah. Like, yes. But time seven. Yeah. <laughs> like, 
and you've got Amtrak paying to heat it. And You're heating the whole building. I mean, you know the station mm-hmm. Amtrak operates out of Erie. Mm-hmm. That sounds about the size that they were oper- like they were actually using by this yeah. time. So if you're paying 150 grand a year for that, like you're gonna cut your losses too eventually. And just be like, all right, yeah. Because even though they closed off things, the reality <laughs> the reality is when you're heating, yeah, it, it, you can't like just shut off certain areas. Like you're running the heating for the entire building. Yeah, you might be able to turn off some specific like boilers and heaters so it's not doing the whole uh, concourse. It's not going all the way down to those other buildings. But that 14-floor building, that mm-hmm. you can't shut off the boiler for the whole thing. Yeah. So, and even if they had it for multiple floors, best case scenario, you're looking at maybe it was a, one boiler was running five, six floors. So, like, <laughs> that's still heating entire empty spaces. Yeah. So, yeah. And, like, your Chris was even telling me, like, that entire department's, like, would just be consolidated into one team because they didn't need 14 floors anymore, so they're trying to shrink down so you'd have three separate groups merged or just fired all together. And to run two to four trains a day out of this huge building, it's a skeleton crew, basically. yeah. Yeah, because you also have to remember... These were people that would have been hired full time. Yeah. yeah. And all of a sudden, you're, you're paying a lot for salaries, and it's like, well, we can't afford that. So, yeah, I'm not surprised that it went skeleton crew as well. So, yeah. In our video, we described the terminal as being completely abandoned after 1979. However, that wasn't actually the case. Yes, Amtrak did leave the terminal due to its decline, but a man named Anthony Fideli purchased it in 1979 for about $75,000. Tony owned it until 1986, and it was his goal to restore it to its former glory. He wanted to make it a super station again. During his ownership, Tony decided to move into the terminal. He converted one of the floors into his living quarters, complete with an apartment and office. After that, he started working hard towards his goal. He offered Amtrak a spot for free through lots of parties and fundraisers, sought out investors. However, by this time, the neighborhood around the terminal had declined, and Amtrak rejected the offer. Being on the east side of Buffalo made it very difficult to secure investors. Eventually, the city discovered he was living in the terminal and decided they could tax the whole property as a residence. Without the businesses and investors, Tony didn't have enough to to keep paying for the terminal, eventually leading to his eviction. Tony passed away in the mid-90s from cancer but his presence is still felt in multiple ways. The least paranormal is that his annual Dingus Day party still happens at the terminal to this day. We'll cover the other way in a bit. Eventually, the Restoration Corps purchased the terminal in 1997. The city of Buffalo was actually going to demolish the terminal since it was no longer being used. 
People were upset that this historical site was going to be torn down, so an offer was made. If any of you can do better with it, then I'll give it to you for one dollar. Someone made the purchase and the Restoration Corporation was formed. Eventually, the corporation was awarded about $60 million to renovate the terminal. 75000 Yep. He bought it for. <laughs> like, houses are going for more than that today. And, like, I know that was a crazy amount of money back then, but, like, the decline of how much the terminal was going for and the fact he they were asking a million and he got it for 75000 Yeah. Is insane. I mean, then you get to that it was just given away for a dollar, but... To actually be sold for seventy-five grand, yeah, and you know you can't help but wonder if Amtrak had taken that deal, and if other businesses had invested, like, right? Because it could have been a domino I, effect after then. I do love though that instead of you know letting the guy that wanted to fix the place up fix the place up while he's living there. They just say, eh, we're going to demolish it unless you think you can do better. Here, buy it from us for a dollar. Like, and like, it's crazy because like when Chris told me that he moved into it, I'm like, that's a pretty smart move, actually. Because now you are in the terminal all the time. You don't have to pay for your own residence. And then he told me how they turned it into a tax thing. I'm like, oh, should have seen that plot twist coming. Yep. Once that got out, of course, they're going to. Yeah. And with a property that big, I can only imagine what he would have been paying in taxes as a residence. And that was what I was just going to kind of bring up is that... Because he got the whole property, side buildings and all. Yeah. <laughs> the tax. That's why he Probably couldn't afford to keep Probably about a third of that 75000 yeah, yeah, easily. <laughs> per year. So, I mean, kudos to him for wanting to bring it back and that being his passion yeah. and giving it a little love and a little shine, but... It stinks that nobody kicked in with him. Nobody, none of the shops came in. None of Amtrak didn't. And I, I kind of wish like, like you said, if Amtrak accepts it, do investors or shops start coming in? Like, oh, they see as legitimate. The Amtrak's already on board, so yeah. And then, it, as you said, it's a snowball or domino effect. It's yeah, one they're thing literally thing. bringing customers to you, like yeah. And there is a picture of Tony in your guy's thing. He is the only non-ghostly person. <laughs> All right. Those are his pajamas. And this was his um, part of his apartment area. Wait, wait, those are his pajamas? Oh, man. I don't think I printed out the whole <gasps> picture. No. I'll pull out my phone real quick. But yeah, uh, those were his pajamas. Um, fun story about those. When Chris was working on the floor, they unsealed a room, and they were just hanging there on the wall. Alright. And, and it's like putting your jersey into the rafters. Yeah, so so Chris took that for sure, and I can't blame him one bit. <laughs> like, oh this is Tony's apartment, this must be Tony's PJs. It's fantastic. Right? Um would it be terrifying if they weren't Tony's PJs? Somebody else. <laughs> that would be slightly more terrifying. Because how long have they been there? Right. And the mm -hmm. fact that they're not moth-eaten and destroyed is even more terrifying. Only thing scarier than spirits are people. So that was Mr. Tony. Oh my god, I love him. Just exactly as I picked him. That's awesome. Yeah. Is, yep. Exactly. 
And yeah, so he's he wanted to bring the terminal back. He just couldn't get anyone on his side. No, but yeah, Tony. He just he loved the building. Threw lots of parties and fundraisers just to raise money to try to get it, and I imagine eventually just to pay his taxes. Yeah. Yeah, but um, once yeah. they figured that out, good guy. He wanted to do good, but he just couldn't get anyone on his side. And it stinks to me that he died before, like as a person, he could see people starting to renovate it. Right. Yeah. You know, I wish he would have been able to at least see some of the work that they were doing, or at least that it got sold to people that wanted to fix it up, because it probably would have made him feel real good. Yeah. Right. Instead of just thinking that with his passing, the building would be demolished. Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like you said, to kick him out, evict him for taxes, and then just be like, oh, let's just demolish it. Oh, you guys want it for a buck? It's yours. Yeah. It's your problem now, but if you have to demolish it, you're paying. Which, I wrote down my notes, and there was so much being talked about, I don't know if it's correct. It, um, but like I thought like it would cost around like even like $10 million to even demolish the building. Oh, yeah. So, like, the fact that they were going to pay that much money just to tear it down... Mm-hmm. It's like you... It eventually got awarded $60 million to get fixed up. Like... When you realize that demolition is equally as expensive as restoration sometimes... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, it's just crazy to me. Um, What's worse is they could have let the guy pay out of his own pocket. Yeah! He was trying. <laughs> it was his goal. He didn't want help. By seeing... It as an opportunity to tax him, you ruined the way that you could have made more money from it. Oh, he, he played the reverse card from Beyond the Grave. Oh, and speaking of that, so the the, the ghost stories about it, and we brought him up to talk about like homeless people breaking in during the winters. Yeah. So the way Chris told me is they weren't getting into the main terminal; they were actually getting into like the parking garage type areas. Okay. The areas that were open to. Yeah. Um, nat- like nature that they could easily get into. Um, like some of those uh, side buildings that... Yeah. Gotcha. That so again, sense. Yeah. So again, just because everything's on the property, it all gets kind of grouped into the terminal. But Tony was actually living in there, so it was in only... The, a, yeah. So it was really a, only him living in there. Yeah. Um, so it was really just abandoned um, for like less than 10 years without somebody actually actively using it or living there. Um, which is definitely a lot less time than we were led to believe. Yeah. Right. It made it seem like this thing had been abandoned for almost 100 years. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, World War II ended, abandoned. Yeah. And I, I guess that's what make, made it kind of a cool ghost story, was the fact, like, it was abandoned for so long, but, like, the history of it is so much cooler than, it. like, you've got a lone wolf that's just like, I'm just going to buy it, I'm going to make it myself. Right. Yeah. Government brought an end to that. Heck, I'd even argue that this makes the ghost story even better. Yeah, I would agree, hundred percent. Because instead of it now being this abandoned building that just one person lived in for a while, and now it's this building that had this actual death. Mm-hmm. The building died. Yeah, went through this process and is now getting a second life. And it's like that makes it even cooler that there are ghost stories with it. And yeah. that's us. Like, we we love when we get more facts that kind of put a little rain on the legends, but we think the stories get only better the more factual they are. Yeah. No. And, like, with this, too, as we'll get to here, I'll start my next paragraph, but, like, 
finding out the truth gives more to the ghosts, but then there's also so many more ghosts in there that the legends don't even talk about. <laughs> yep. I, you, you could do a chapter book on the on the legends if you uh, included the history in there. If we kind of go back to something we said in that first episode when we first heard that you know homeless people were breaking in and living there and we had the conversation how many froze and died in there knowing that it's not in the main terminal building but all across that property yeah oh yeah there's easily Even other more. yeah that we just don't know because it's not connected to the main terminal and not connected to the main legend and so just interesting to think about it is and I'm glad a buffalo native reached out because even we made the mistake of thinking like it's just all one giant yeah. building. Yeah, it's like the Mill Creek Mall sitting out there with a giant tower. Right. That's us picturing our, you know, concourse. Yeah, you yeah know? exactly. And that's just what it painted it as. And so it's nice to have this information to know like, oh, it was actually a huge sprawling thing and all the side buildings are, got lumped in with the main one. Now that we fixed the history, let's start talking ghosts. Chris gave us some really good info on the scares happening there. First thing he wanted to point out is that there are a lot more shadow people than orbs in there. We talked about the orbs throughout the terminal and two specific ghosts, but Chris said there are a lot more than that. In fact, the renovations seemed to kick up the activity when cleaning out the floor that was Tony's apartment, Chris could hear footsteps above him. However, no worker was up there, and when Chris went to check the apartment, he heard a disembodied voice shout, go. Um, another thing that I kind of want to put in here that like kind of ties in a little bit later. Um, he also said whenever trains go by, activity would spike incredibly mm. high. He said the ghosts, because oh, it was a train station, obviously. So yeah. tra trains were train comes history. in, all the people head to the train. So yeah, so it was just like, <laughs> would just expand everything there. But yeah, so... Since the legend doesn't mention Tony at all, like the history we found, he's actually one of the main ghosts hanging around there because yeah, he, he lived it and loved he it. Loved it, yeah. So I do have a because you mentioned a train coming through. Where are where is the active trains going? So through? that I'm not sure. He did say that like. A place nicknamed like Iron Island is nearby, and it's like a cross section of train tracks. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if it's the train tracks at the terminal itself are still being used for like freight and stuff, or if there's train tracks not far away. Okay. That's what I was, because that was the only thing I was like, how does and I, that play? And in? I didn't ask him that, so I don't want to assume. Um, so I don't know if it's those tracks or like if it's here where you go down like 18 blocks, and there's a train track and you can hear right. it from here. Yeah, and no terminal there, just always trains yeah exactly <laughs> so that is a good point like you can in Erie you can hear a train easily for a couple miles from the train track so yeah fair enough alright Tony wasn't the only spirit to be stirred up by the renovations upon cleaning out the upper rooms Chris and his co-worker found this portrait among the rubble which portrait is it oh is it this freaky yeah, what the heck? I call it the communion portrait. It does kind of look praying. like a communion dress. Um, you'll obviously put it up so that they can see. Um, interesting 
Interestingly, the entire portrait was super dusty and dirty, but the girl's praying hands were completely clean. Their job was to throw everything out, but something about the portrait seemed important, so they hid it behind a cabinet before sealing the room. Sometime later, two mediums came for a paranormal investigation. They went upstairs and picked up on a little girl. They perfectly described the girl in the portrait, which caused Chris to unseal the room and grab it. He showed the mediums, and they confirmed that's the little girl. They were also able to provide her name, Carmela. This is the little girl that can be seen running around with Zachary. Finally got that answer. I just got chills. Every About time I think time. of her and her name, I get chills. Um, it was like just all over my body right there. I got chills. And so, like, it's not... She just mentioned his little girl was Zachary. Yeah. It, there's n nothing about her other than that. So I found it, I don't know if validating is the right word, or like relieved to like figure out like she has an identity. Yeah. People know her. They respect her. Right words. Yeah. Speaking of Zachary, he loves the train station and trains. Prior to the terminal being built, about 200 houses were on the grounds that were eventually destroyed. They think Zachary either lived in those houses or lived nearby and loved watching the trains come and go. Zachary is not as shy <laughs> like we originally thought, but is more comfortable around women. Chris would set out a flashlight and have his tour group sing happy birthday to Zachary. At the end of the song, they would encourage him to blow out the candle. He would respond by turning off the flashlight. Zachary would also play with any toys Chris and the tour groups would bring. So much cooler than just being told there's a ghost boy named Zachary running around there. Right. The flashlight thing would terrify me while also being incredibly awesome. Right? Yeah. When he told me that, I was just floored. I'm like, that is the coolest investigation ever. You were probably the most popular tour guide there. Blow out the light. <laughs> right? <laughs> Yeah. Blow yeah. out I know the how, I know uh, how it feels. You have to blow the light on first. Zachary would be my counterpart. He knows how to turn it off. And like with him too, like they enjoyed bringing toys and leaving them for him. Yeah. So like even with him, like it is so nice to hear that like they knew him, they loved him and respected him. Like these became like family members to them, to mm -hmm. the workers. Yeah. And vice versa too, because um, Chris when he would give tours, like, he could almost call them out. He would call them out by name. And he could get the shadow people to come out. So, like, it's refreshing to hear not, like, a scary story, but almost like a like a family story yeah. out of all this. Next, Chris brought up a ghost we had never read about in our research. This ghost was named Michael, and he did not like Chris. Michael was one of the shadow people that would hang around the terminal. Chris believes he looks like someone that caused an accident. Michael was a part of, which is why Michael wasn't too fond of him. In one chilling experiment, Chris lined up K2 meters down a hall leading towards a window. Chris stood near the window, and someone encouraged Michael to push him out the window. One by one, the K2 meter started to light up, signaling someone was running towards Chris. Now, clearly, since Chris messaged us, he's okay. He wasn't thrown right. out the window. Terrifying. But yeah, like, and I know, like, I could see this one not being part of Legend if it just, if, like, it was only, like, among tour groups that knew about him. Right. Like, how much cooler of a ghost story it is if you've got 
a ghost that hates one of the paranormal right. tour guides. It's holding a grudge, like... Against this one tour guide. And the reason that Chris thinks is awesome, too, that he he, he looks like somebody that, that you, caused an accident. Yeah. Right. And he's just doesn't like this one worker now because of it. Yeah. It's fantastic to me. Um, in our video, I mentioned that I was most interested in Rose. Yeah. Chris confirmed that she won't talk to men, and she'll only talk to women. She likes to hang around a tiny office on the first floor. Side note, Chris also said the first floor is the most haunted floor in the whole terminal. Which makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. traffic. Yeah. They discovered her name using flashlights and K2 meters. They would ask a, the first letter of her name, and they would go through the alphabet and wait till it lit up. That's how they got R and then they ran through letters and names until they got to Rose. On the show Ghost Hunters, it was discovered that she was waiting for someone to come home. In this picture, you can see an apparition that's believed to be Rose. Yeah. That one yeah. is Carmella. Oh, that one's Rose. Yeah. The one to the side, to the left. Yeah. Um, Another picture that I'm glad is not high def and zoomable right now. And one thing about this picture, I'll leave it up on screen here because it's terrifying and yeah. I want you all to be as terrified as I was when he sent this to me. And then when you and sent it to us. It the same way. <laughs> yeah. um, absolutely horrifying. It looks like something like right out of a horror movie. Yeah. Um, but um, Chris wanted me to make sure to mention that that image was captured by a woman that was on one of the ghost tours. It wasn't a worker. It was just a... Um, Customer, I guess is the word. I don't know. Visitor? Visitor. Guest. 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 Um, so it wasn't somebody that's normally there. The photo hasn't been doctored at all. She actually showed Chris the picture the first time through the camera. Um, and then afterwards, she sent it to them. There was nobody in that room. And you can kind of see it in the picture, but not too much. But that room was actually just full of rubble. Yeah, that was it one looks of the, like you couldn't even get into mm -hmm. that room. Yeah, it was one of the sealed off rooms that they wouldn't let people in. There was actually a lot of rooms like that where, for safety reasons, you just can't let people in. And that was one of them. This lady took a picture and got this nightmare fuel. <laughs> um, which, the image looks like textbook thing of a demon. Yeah. But there's nothing that she is evil or anything yeah. like that. Like, she's just waiting for her loved one and doesn't like men. It's just a terrifying image. Yeah, exactly. It... It's just a terrifying girl watching from the shadows, and if there's men in the group, it could yeah. be why she's standoffish in there. That's we at the least first know thing. the tour guide. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, we can also take for consideration ghosts and spirits. Like, we've seen a lot of orbs, but do spirits look like pure, happy people, or do they look like dead? individuals right or as we have said before that that could have we're assuming it's rose that could have been anyone else that just yeah. had to go claim their their spouse this could be residual energy that could be a remnant yeah just something playing on repeat so it could be someone that was just distraught at the time mm -hmm. or it's someone that's very angry that people are in her building while she's trying to grieve. Yeah. And if the only people that you like and are used to are the workers... And yeah, these strangers. 
groups yeah. of them, <laughs> herds of cattle coming through at all times, you're going to be a little peeved. But yeah, I, I love that picture, and I'm terrified of it at the same time. So again, like, thank you to Chris for all these pictures. Uh, uh, at the end, too, I'll do like a little slideshow showing all of them because there's even pictures from his collection of items he has from here. But terrifying picture. Probably one of the best pictures I've ever seen of a ghost. Yeah. For awesome. Sure. You could base a whole ghost story around just that picture. Yeah. So outside of these ghosts, there's still a ton of activity in the terminal. The bodies of fallen soldiers would be claimed at the station. However, it wasn't like how it is today. The bodies were loaded up in wooden crates and placed with the mail. The crates would then be dumped at baggage claim. The families would need to claim the bodies from there with an undertaker. There was also a kiosk in the terminal that sold $10 engagement rings. In fact, they sold the most engagement rings because soldiers would buy them for their lovers before departing for the war. These two events have led to a lot of residual energy and emotions being left throughout the terminal. Yeah, and I made sure to put this in there because we kind of talked about like the bodies being claimed, but I feel like nowadays, like with it being such almost like a ceremony, right. Chris one, told me reminded me of that and I wanted to make sure to put that in there that this was not, not. <laughs> um, an honorable thing and like Sean's always talking about residual energy those the deaths and those rings this is a, a huge huge moments of joy and just sadness yeah. mixing together it's like it's literally an emotional tornado mm -hmm. you got those concurrent you know energies no and it's a vortex Literally, it is. Um, and it's. it would be fascinating to be around that area when a train does go by, because the energy spikes alone would be off Kicking the up dust, basically. Yeah. Chris's time in the terminal has allowed him to witness many things, from disembodied voices to shadow people. The terminal may not be the build, the bustling train station it once was, but it's never truly been abandoned. Yeah. Um, so a lot of information there, but I, there was nothing that I felt I could cut out. No. No. Uh, and that was it. Was important that we went back. It gives and, us so much context yeah. to everything. Because that was the thing that we even said when we did it the first time was like, there's so much that we want to know because we just. We're not from Buffalo. We didn't know a lot of the stuff, so it was good to be able to come back to it with and knowledge from someone from Buffalo. Right, and we, we wouldn't... Not only are they no longer doing tours, but we would have never known that information if Chris didn't reach out to us. So, yeah. Yeah. once again, Chris, thank you. Yes. Yeah. So much information. Um, not only a Buffalo native, but someone who obviously loves the terminal. Right. Mm -hmm. Probably more than anyone, I'd argue. Maybe Tony might have something to say about yeah. that. Tony. But, um, yeah, like someone that loves the terminal reached out and gave us all this just, um, can't think of the god dang word again, un unfiltered or un undoctored information, like just pure. Straight from the source. Yeah. yeah. He, he, there's no middleman, um, just all the history, and then he answered pretty much every question we had about ghosts there. Yeah. yeah. So that's... It's a good segue to just kind of say, if you are passionate about one of the places that we visited, even an older video, and you know more, you want to share that interest with us, 
like reach so out. Saying, yeah, Andrew, we, you you talked to Chris for how many hours on the phone? Yeah, like, and he gave me even more places in this notebook for us to check out. So you know, we're always saying if you have places, let us know. We got like four more in Buffalo that we have to go check out now. <laughs> we are we are. We want to give you guys interesting stories, but if you guys want stories covered or have more context, tell us. Yeah. Obviously, we listen. Yeah, and we obviously don't mind going back to things that we've talked about. We don't mind correcting our mistakes or saying like, unless you guys contact us about Gutelberg. Like, no, sorry, we're not doing that one again. We already said we're not going. That is <laughs> that is the only one that we've had so far that we don't want to feel that energy again. Yeah, we're not. We going just there. said no. Yeah, but anything else? If you know more about it, let us know. Yeah, definitely. We do this out of love. We're not here to prove or debunk anything. So if we mess something up and you know it, like send us a correction. We'll do another yeah. video. We'll yeah. address it. We this is about giving you guys interesting stories, and we want to give you as correct and true yep. stories as we can. We're trying to make it as factual as physically possible. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's that's kind of always been what we've said, is we're not here to prove or disprove ghosts or anything. It's talking about these stories and these places and... What is, what's there, what do we know, and then if we can, we go and visit and see, do we encounter anything, so, yeah. Any any final thoughts from either of you? I still want to visit the place. I know. It's so they, they aren't offering even history tours yet, but if they do, we'll go. I'll say, yeah. when they finally we open to up get, to history tours, we gotta go. We have to get in, in the building. At least to see the building. <laughs> No, um, I I just absolutely love that. Literally every question we we went yeah. that was unanswered, or every question we brought up at the end, literally like a checklist, we have answers for now, which is amazing. And I wish we could do that with every mm-hmm. single one of our stories that we cover. I agree, not it, just for us, but for everyone yeah. that watches. No, I agree, and it's almost like we did get to go there because of all the extra stuff we found out. We learned from a human museum. Yeah, all this stuff, which is fantastic. So, thank you, folks, for tuning in. Definitely. I know this may have gone a little yeah. long, but it deserved it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, subscribe, share. As we've said many times, message us with any recommendations, any information at all. Yeah. We'll put it on the channel. Thanks, guys. Stay in the light. <laughs>